Welcome back, new you maniacs, to the Spinner Rack here at the Marvel New Universe Comics Podcast, also known as the voice of the new universe by us. Uh, we are your hosts. Steven with voice of the new universe justice number 13 and Andy with voice of the new universe DP7 number 13. <laughs> no, that doesn't work as well. Uh, new universe launched in 1986 as an imprint from Marvel Comics dedicated to a more grounded and less fantastic approach to comics and world building. The idea was the world outside your window with real-time progress and more realistic technology, physics, and biology. Uh, Eight new comic series launched in one month set in our world in 1986. Um, At this point in the comics, Spitfire, Kickers Inc., Mark Hazard Merck, and Nightmask have been canceled. Uh, but four mm. new universe titles are still continuing. And with our season three of the podcast, we start the second year of new universe comics. Uh, but in the comics, the world at large still doesn't talk about paranormals, although the CIA is popping up in an awful lot of books. Um, so with our podcast, as always, you can follow along with us each week as we go through each comic, the order they hit the spinner rack, or just check out individual comics if you already have a favorite one. Uh, we have a website, kickersinc.com, and as while that's running, there's always some sort of seasonal trivia challenge rolling, so check that out. You can win things. Uh, we have a Twitter at, at kickersinc. You can email us at newuniversepodcast at gmail.com for all those exciting sponsorship opportunities or something. Um, And if you're itching for new universe content, there's a Facebook fan page that we do not run, but is still good. Marvel Comics, new universe fans. You want to check that one out too. What a fun over there. This week, I'll be covering justice. Tenson is a fish out of water, possibly an exiled alien policeman possibly just a crazy person, fighting drug-dealing street punks and dark wizards from his home dimension. He wields the sword and shield of justice as he brings his black-and-white fight against evil to our morally gray world. This week, in Justice number 13, the Marvel Age promo for it had two Bonnie and Clyde-type murderers discover the meaning of fear when their killing spree puts justice on their trail. Written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Keith Giffen, inked by Vince Coletta. Uh, and the new the Universe News uh, faster blurb, Justice number 13. Justice pursues a Bonnie and Clyde-like pair of robbers. Um, no. Not quite. Hey, they got the writer and uh, artists correct. Sort of. Let's get into that as well. But uh, yeah, it's... it's um, that's a great description of issue 12 but yeah yeah so i think i think we have here though an issue that was solicited wrongly earlier (laughs) something something designer drugs and such um yeah there's it seems like that's come up two or three times but maybe they didn't want to publish it again you know they're like all right we think this is really (laughs) We've already solicited it four times. So. Boy who cried wolf. We can't do it. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway, but it's an interesting issue and we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but this week I'll be covering DP7, Displaced Paranormals, seven of them. Um, in the wake of the white event, seven random people began to display paranormal powers. 
desperate for help. They came and then they came to then ran away from the clinic, which hunted them in a bid to control them. Randy, Dave, Stephanie, Charlie, Jeff, Scuzz, and Lenore. Seven displaced paranormals, DP7. So this week, DP7 number 13, uh, learn the untold life story of Charlie Beck in Everything is Beautiful at the Ballet, written by Peter David, penciled by Lee Weeks. Um, We don't get that story, but it sounds delightful. Uh, Short version is or overshadow is gone who will control the clinic now and i think we do get that story so that's maybe a weird place where the short um universe news piece is correct but the longer is definitely way off there yeah that's i mean i'm assuming we don't get that story um in the future because people always talk about how consistent um Paul Ryan was, but um, that's a, a uh, it sounds like a fun story. I don't know. Good writer, good artist. Yep. Charlie's a fun character. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. It's lost in a file cabinet somewhere. Um, if yeah. you're out there and you're listening and you have original art for this issue, please notify us. <laughs> Universe <laughs> podcast. That would be kind of fun. Uh, but yeah, and as of this time in comics release world, uh, they actually finished their trivia contest, the Super Sleuth Sweepstakes, which inspired us to do our own Super Sleuth Sweepstakes, which inspired us to make our own questions. Um, so we might talk briefly about that at the end. Um, but yeah, somebody won a jacket. We will uh, also give a shout out to those uh, lucky winners of various Marvel paraphernalia and uh, subscriptions to books that were already canceled in the previous month. But, you know, yeah, what are you going to do? But <laughs> Free stuff is free stuff. Free stuff is. Yeah, it's that they um, they were already pretty invested invested enough in the new universe to know all the trivia answers so they must have the first four books of each issue of each uh, series so yeah anyway let's head into justice number 13 and um it's a, a bold cover with justice um facing off against a sort of a heavy set guy um and there's uh i don't know not quite know how, what you call it but like this image looming over him as if he's growing into a giant blue kind of i keep thinking like a genie from the you know arabian oh, nights yeah kind of thing. it definitely looks like a really angry version of like the the genie from aladdin yeah Okay. more claws few, and teeth and such but yeah that's a few years later maybe a more sort of general public domain version of a genie i don't know um which is uh yeah good kind of um uh grabbing uh arresting image um tenson's sort of at uh taken aback but he's like in profile so you still get a good face shot of him and he's not kind of like in a costume with the trench coat and stuff but he does have that silk that haircut so he's given a little bit of that like the matrix neo bullet dodging thing from the first movie vibe as he's kind of like rearing back with his arms out kind of thing 
yeah, of yeah. course, obviously well before that existed, but <laughs> um so the cover has a does not have the black border. We we maybe have moved past that point now. But I see the black border. Uh, the um new universe logo is in white against the red. That's the background of the uh art. Um Oh, it has Tom Morgan uh, credited in the there. Okay, did not notice that at first. Um, this book came is cover dated November nineteen eighty seven and hit the stands August eighth nineteen eighty seven. Going inside, the uh, issue's title is "Drug of Choice." So yes, we do finally have the uh, possible designer drug issue of justice that we've been looking forward to for a long time um and then we get uh, credits jerry conway writer keith giffen artist and both as storytellers vince coletta as anchor as we were promised however i gotta say we've had uh keith giffen art on justice for several issues we had Keith uh, Giffen on uh, Starbrand for one, where he did both that art style and a great uh, Kirby pastiche. Mm-hmm. This is neither of those. And it is really questionable to me, like, um, if Keith Giffen did the art on this. Mm. So I found a couple of, uh, like, Mike's uh, newsstand that has a lot of info on old books. Uh, credits it to Dringenberg, Tom Dringenberg, who did the issue issue twelve, I believe, and oh, uh, hmm. just going off of what I'm I'm you know like a just a a very quick guess. It, it also looks like Jeff Isherwood to me. I don't know hmm. some of those issues that he did um, look similar. I don't know. Perhaps it's the um, Vince Coletta inking. Um, sort of lending a style or something, but I don't know that I would say this is Keith Giffen's art. I don't know. Yeah, my guess when reading it, because yeah, it's very different. It doesn't have all that cool, like stylized shadow. It just kind of it looks, you know, more typical. Uh, my guess was that since we had heard this solicited before, that it was a fill-in issue that Giffen did. And then they just kind of stuck it in here now too, and uh, maybe made, you know, a couple connections or something like that. I don't, I don't know that that quite makes sense. You know, they would have maybe had to add some pages or something. But um, I mean, it's possible. Um, Giffen, you know, when it was doing Justice League, not too much after this, and doing just sort of breakdowns for Kevin McGuire at the time. And so, yeah, he can do just a very sort of light thing and then let um, either another penciler do finishes or maybe let the anchor do a lot of the detail. And so it comes off not very as with that as his style. Um, so he can really dial back that stylized thing he was doing. But it's uh, I don't know, maybe a question we should throw out to the uh, New Universe fans Facebook page or something. Somebody might know. Somebody might know. Yeah, perhaps. Uh... But 
getting into the story, it is uh, good art. I'm not going to uh, complain about it. So uh, we have a splash page with Justice um, doing his good old, uh, like, I am Justice um, monologue to himself in narration boxes. And we learn that uh, he's in, he's standing around inside like a nightclub. He's kind of dressed up and there's some uh, attractive people and, you know, evening um, suits and uh, evening gowns kind of um, standing around him. So he's in, as he says, let's see, outside the club, the night is cool for Los Angeles and for July in Los Angeles, or so I am told. After six months in the city of angels, I still feel a stranger. This is not my home, but has become my world. I am justice. And even among so many, it seems I have always been alone. So it would have been funny if they had replaced the justice panel, which they always use like the like the title font for, which we, we like, with I am Trace. <laughs> I work at Razzle. <laughs> Razzle. <laughs> oh, yes. As we uh, quickly um, get into the issue, uh, Justice sort of sort of standing there and we, we have um, people kind of whispering behind him. These uh, two young women like um, giving some exposition. Where have you been, Luce? That's Trace, Reggie's hired muscle. I've been drooling over that bod for months, but no luck. Trace is strictly business. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, so he's, he's like, supposedly there's a dance floor around somewhere, but we don't really see it. And he's thinking to himself, this week, Razzle is the most popular of the city's after-hour nightclubs. And uh, he has been working as a security, head of security, bouncer, I'm not quite sure, but yeah. Um, He's talking that it, he's learned a great deal these last six months since I faced and destroyed black justice. And uh, he's lived, learned more about corruption. So he's looking around at the crowd and he sees a, like a low-level drug deal go down. Just, you know, some guy scoring something from a shady character. And uh, he's still thinking to himself uh, about Damon Conquest and Rebecca Chambers, but um, he goes over to confront these uh, the drug deal, and the uh, buyer, the user, sort of takes off, and he's like, I'm just going to ignore that, and uh, uh, the customer does not concern me, the dealer does. My mistake. Um, the dealer is about to like ready to start running and we have a an amusing sort of um pose in this panel as the dealer starting to run and uh justice is doing kind of a twist um they, i don't know they somehow look like they're dancing um a little bit sharks and jets yeah yeah <laughs> there you go um so the guy's about to take off, but uh, Justice says, uh, just gives him uh, the shield and slams him up against the wall and uh, talks a little bit more about his you know, background in the far side and everything. But then he is, um, as he's monologuing this to us, he's interrupted by someone screaming and it's the customer that who'd, who'd just been there a second ago. Had apparently taken the drugs and has gone way off the deep end. 
and uh, they're all familiar with like PCP and bad drug trips and stuff at this point. So, you know, they they're they're all kind of uh, the the crowd like backs off, and this guy goes straight for Justice's throat, and uh, he's sort of describing how weird this guy is acting and looking and everything, but. Um, he doesn't think, you know, he's not too concerned since he's got all this training and powers, but he, you know, he quickly becomes surprised that this guy doesn't go down when he slams him around and it's like, uh, that should have, uh, left him uh, knocked out, but uh, instead it just seemed to make him even angrier guy, uh, rams justice into a crowd of people. He's still like shouting nonsense and everything. And, uh, as he's going to choke out Justice, um, he's Justice is like, I gotta get this over with quickly. So he uses just a touch of the sword, which seems to drop the guy. Uh, I don't know if we that's think like that's a kill count, strike laser to the heart kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe because he's like, oh, there's people around. I can't do too much. Oh, right. Um. And I don't know, the guy's just sort of sitting there, and I'm not sure that we see him taken away in a meaningful way. Um, so I assume dead. It's certainly possible. So, yeah, people are staying around being like, did you see that guy? Was he on PCP? And uh, let's see. Um, the The... Trace, aka Tenson, has uh, is thinking to himself. This man was not just insane; his strength had been increased tenfold. Without my psychic weaponry, I would have been killed. I want an explanation. So he sees the d- dealer is still um, shaken and uh, in the corner. So he goes over to him and threatens uh, him to uh, cough up where he got this drugs from. Uh, the guy's like, uh, don't ask me. I don't, uh, they'll kill me. Uh, you talk about them, you're dead. And Tenson gives him, look at me. What do you see? And he's got his eyes glowing red as he's looking at the guy in a nice big close-up here, which not surprisingly is enough to get the guy uh, um, coughing, coughing up the info. His name's Markham, Peter Markham, Andrew Markham's son. You can find him around the pool at the Beverly Hotel. Uh, probably you might as well bury me in a box. Malcolm's gonna kill me. <laughs> His aunt's house is around the corner. She lives with three cousins, and <laughs> you didn't hear it from me. You with the hair freeze. What? Uh, we have two police officers who have shown up, and uh, I guess in this crowded nightclub, uh, Tenson's the only one with a weird haircut. Okay, 80s were pretty square, I guess. I don't know. Um, so you got two cops uh, with a gun with guns out, um, telling uh, Tenson to, uh, uh, you know, put his hands up. Um, thinking to himself that you got the wrong guy, and they're coming in with their guns. (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't seem right. Uh, that's not the LAPD I know. Um, Stenson's thinking to himself that, you know, as Trace, bodyguard and uh, to Razzle's owner, I'm just anonymous. But if they check my fingerprints, they'll learn I have another name, Tenson, 
and Tenson is wanted for murder. Murder, I'm sorry. Yeah, because technically he escaped, right? Yeah, a few issues back, like he was in New York, that lawyer sprung him, and the uh, conquests had faked like a dead um, Becky Chambers. So he's blamed for her death, even though she's still alive. And now, well, we'll get to it in a second. Um, But yeah, that was never cleared up. So they do have his his fingerprints now. They kept like taking him into custody and, um, you know, processing him. So he's not as anonymous as he was uh, 13 issues ago. But um. So the two cops are, you know, like checking him out for guns and stuff. When just then, of course he's clean, officer. This man works for me. Uh, who are you, Reggie Weisskopf, officer? I own this place. It's uh William Powell from the old Thin Man movies. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> he's got a fine mustache. Yeah, yeah. It's like a I don't know. You don't see that mustache anymore. Um, so. Weisskopf explains that he's the owner, that this is his head of security, and uh, the other people in the crowd tell him that, start saying things like, oh, that man was tried to kill Trace. Trace was just defending himself. So they uh, wander off, and uh, Weisskopf is like, don't worry, we'll get a lawyer if they come back. You're on my team. Reggie Weisskopf takes care of his own. And I guess he does, because we smash cut to a house in the Hollywood Hills, which we, you know, it's probably not the very large, but, you know, Hollywood Hills sounds like not cheap. And, and uh, nice little panorama there. And it's back to Justice thinking to himself, uh, uh, Reggie's an honorable man. He's no, uh, he has uh, loyalty and he had provided me with the house in the Hollywood Hills free of rent for as long as I work for him. And he's uh, just sort of sitting inside um, in a chair thinking to himself uh, that he feels like he's maybe spent too much time waiting there for Damon, that he knows that Damon wants to control this world, that his uh, law, that Damon's... um, One, the um, place he came from on the far side. And um, he's like, I've got to prepare for this. I've got to prevent this. But maybe, I, you know, he's kind of wondering what he's doing there. And he's like, should I get involved in this? Because this isn't really my fight. But, of course, he's the hero of the book. So there's a good chance he will. But really spent most of the run. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he spent most of the run no, killing these kinds of guys, right? So, yeah, he literally wouldn't give it any thought, like a couple, even a couple of issues ago. Like, um, so, but I, I mean, the added work of of chasing them down, I guess, is what he's uh, he had um, followed the drugs from like street level, I think, crack or or at least coke. Um, in New York a couple of times to find Damon. And uh, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't sense their involvement at this point. But anyway, 
we smash cut to a yacht that's off the coast of uh, Catalina, uh, the island just off Los Angeles, where we see Damon Conquest and Becky Chambers uh, sunning themselves and having a grand old time. They talk a little about uh, current politics with the removal of Gary Hart from the presidential race, which I didn't really look up, but is that the 84 election? Uh, I did not look that either. Yeah, uh, okay. they were made up. But yeah, okay. I mean, Gary Hart, Gary Hart was a person. I know he was like popular. He was one of these guys who's like, like uh, popular, and then he flames out. And in his case, it was because he had like, um, there was a lot of photos of him with some like young woman. And, uh, and, uh, that does add up. So, but uh, yeah, Damon is saying that uh, talking about another senator who's now going to be in a good position, a front runner, and uh, he makes a call to Washington D.C. and it's Danielle, the lawyer that we'd seen a few times working for him before. Okay, she I got, seems to be. Sorry. I got Gary Hart was the front runner for the eighty-eight Democratic presidential nomination until he dropped out amid revelations of extramarital affairs. Wow, that's interesting. I think uh, <clears throat> the. Uh, but that didn't I stop mean, him from becoming the U.S. special envoy for Northern Ireland under Barack Obama. <laughs> I think he's from Colorado, and maybe that's why he was like also like on my radar. But I, I may be wrong. Um, yeah, he he, you know. He was a young, charismatic guy, so um, um, but anyway, but I digress. Um, so it looks like Danielle is sleeping with this other senator who they're sort of positioning to be uh, in the presidential race. And so, you know, there's a little bit of uh, Damon Conquest, Kingmaker, um, I guess. And he and Becky are talking once he's done with Danielle. Um, she's Becky's saying, I gave up my life on this world for you. Remember a career in the justice department, a love affair with Tenson, all for you. Any regrets? None. You've shown me the power of hate, Damon. And all I want now is a little of your love. Wait, okay. what do you want? Hate or love? Keep it straight. <laughs> <laughs> you can only do one at a time. Come on. So we have a, uh, someone comes up, Mr. Conquest. I just spoke with Peter Markham. His uh, father still refuses to distribute our merchandise. And, uh, you know, this is uh, uh, the same person that uh, Tenson was told uh, to, was their contact. So we now head over to. the goon from the cover, too, yes. That is the goon from the cover. It's a. uh, very heavy set guy. I don't know. It's like the Hulk, the Gray Hulk, or something. When he was a bouncer, you know what I mean. Mm. It's a. Uh, it's like proportionally. Yeah, this guy is like as wide as he is tall. Apparently, anyway. Uh, oh, didn't Wolverine have like an alias too? There was like a famous cover where it's like Wolverine as like Patch, and then like Hulk is Mister Fixit or something like that. They're both wearing suits. Oh yeah, yeah. that sounds right. Yeah, that's kind of what we got here because we got Tenson as uh, Trace, 
wearing a suit instead of his normal outfit and uh, wherever this guy is. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Something for the Twitter. A, You'll have to look it up. Unexpected crossover there. <laughs> so uh, the next morning, maybe Trey Tenson. I'm not going to call him Trace. Come on. Uh, is uh, I want to say in a um, Porsche 911 headed over to, mm-hmm. as he says, the Beverly Hotel, a landmark in the city of dreams. He's thinking to himself about how, you know, it's filled with producers and directors and everyone's making deals. And we get some nice shots of a crowd by the pool. A lot of uh, young ladies. Um, uh, um, Lounging and, uh, suggestively. Suggestively. Thank you. Um, the truth is they produce nothing but illusion. Um, I don't know. I was trying to think this was like Chateau Marmont or like something else, but there is a Beverly Hills hotel. And so, but uh, I, I kind of doubt if that's a reference photo of it mm. um, yeah. as he's driving up. I like that he's just randomly ripping on. Uh, he's just randomly ripping on uh Hollywood producers or whatever. It's like they just produce lies and <laughs> I I mean it's it's like a yeah, it's a bit of a jump in personality from Justice where we he got off that train in LA or the truck in LA if, uh, two issues ago. Um and so yeah, six months you know, being around these people and hearing all about it is probably, you know, has, has given him a bit more of a um, film noir feel to him, you know, <laughs> Los Angeles, a uh, bunch of weirdos and liars. Uh, and he knows all the neighborhoods. Um, so <laughs> we have, um, yeah, let's say, so Justice goes to the pool and then he comes to a table where there's a couple of uh, gentlemen and a few ladies. Uh, older gentleman in his kind of in a suit also and a young guy and this uh, more casual but still like i don't know what you'd call it it's uh like uh, more of a swinger outfit sure i don't know anyway like i said um older guy is like i'm andrew markham do we know each other mister my name is trace actually i'm seeking your son peter markham and uh, Justice gives them the old aura once over, and he thinks they're pretty, both pretty, pretty black. But maybe the son has a little possibility in him. Yeah, the, so, the dad basically just has a darker black outline around his aura. Yeah, that's. Uh, I was kind of surprised by um, in terms of like how where the story is going, but um, I. I Anyway, so Justice tosses a couple of the pills that I guess the uh, dealer had left um, the night before on the table. And uh, the father, Andrew, doesn't recognize it. And Justice is like, uh, these are a potent drug. An associate of your son was selling them at Razzle last night. What is it with Justice and the weird names? Like, you can't take dad seriously. And now you've got something called Razzle. I... (laughs) I don't know. And another dad son uh, criminal <laughs> combo, too. So, oh, yeah, family. Yeah. It's like the Villa Lobos is all over again. <laughs> dad, I swear I don't know what this creep is talking about, 
stay here. I'll handle this. So he goes and he and Trace Tenson go to um, talk in private. And one of um, the kids uh, girl friends is um, like, mind if I try it? Go for it, Susie. Trust me. It's the best. And another girl like uh, is like, no, thanks. No, thanks. So Susie goes into a little uh, cabana tent or something while uh, Tenson and this uh, father are talking. And he you know, Tenson tells him, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Um, the father tells him that um, his son got uh, hit up for this deal and uh, but which he wasn't happy about. And, uh, but you know, he's going to put a stop to it, but he wants, uh, justice to, you know, take off and forget about it. Just then we hear a scream and yeah, there's Susie who's back out of the cabana and slashing people with a knife. (laughs) She's uh, also talking crazy and people are uh, getting stabbed, falling into the pool, maybe both. Um, She's coming over to where Justice and the father are standing, and uh, he sizes up the situation pretty quickly. And um, I don't know what the like shouting crazy talk is part of the trip, but um, <laughs> she looks a bit like one of the like Real Housewives of New Jersey or something. Like <laughs> have those really serious fights, and the knife comes out. Is it? Uh, oh, what's the one? Skinny licious drinks or something. I don't know. No, it's not the uh, one I was thinking of. One, I was thinking there's one that's like husband went to jail or whatever. Shit like bigger. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Susie does have big hair, so um Justice pushes Markham out of the way and um is like, okay, I he he dodges and faints. He's he's unarmed and he's um doesn't want to get too obvious in front of a whole crowd here, but um, so he ends up pushing Susie into the pool with his shield. So he thinks uh, no one's going to see that bright yellow thing that's about <laughs> two meters square in front of 50 people. But okay. Then he turns around to where um, the father and son had um, had been a second ago, and he sees they're both dead on the ground. What? mark so a figure stalks away or a black as death justice chases after that and we're kind of uh away from the pool now and you don't see anyone else around it's sort of more of a lawn or something so um justice says i smell the foul presence of damon conquest and i lose all control <laughs> you stop in the name of justice and this guy who we'd seen on peter's yacht just pushes his seat, his shield right back at justice and like pushes him over with it. Who talks to me of justice? What does justice matter to one who serves conquest? Justice is pretty surprised by this one. This is no man. And uh, the guy's like, Oh, I know you now justice though. Tenson, the justice warrior. My master believes you dead. No matter. You soon will be. You face more than a mortal foe now, Justice Warrior. You face... This is, you know, he's getting louder as he goes along. (laughs) You face Maximus Argoth, Keiko Demon's servant of the House of Conquest. And at this point, he's like 
grown up as the cover uh, shows into yeah. like a giant blue monster. Right. You face death incarnate. Yikes. So. <laughs> He's got Justice. giant muscles and hair and pointy ears and lots of sharp teeth. Yeah, he's he's a formidable looking dude. And uh, Justice is thinking to himself about how it smells like a graveyard and it's staring into the soul of evil. <laughs> Insanity flees. And it's all he can do to keep from screaming. Yikes. <laughs> so he uh, dodges a big uh, fist and um, tries shooting his sword at the guy. Uh, doesn't really do too much. The guy, Argoth, Maximus? Yeah. Maximus Argoth. Um, Caco demon of something something. He's he's shooting another sort of a beam at uh, Justice. He's firing back at Trace. The uh, demon is like blowing up stuff behind Justice with these beams and talking to him and sort of laughing at him. He's calling... Um, Thank you for the opportunity to amuse myself. I do enjoy a bit of exercise. And then he literally smashes Justice's shield. I don't think we've seen that before. Justice is surprised. Um, And the guy keeps talking, which, you know, is always a good thing if the villain keeps talking until you, like, learn his weakness or something. <laughs> How will you stop me? Oh, well, we're on page 21, so if you better start flapping those lips. Uh, in this demonic form, I am indestructible. Mine is the strength of the earth. <laughs> hmm, earth, you say? It's not the strength of the brains. <laughs> Justice takes a look at the shadow, and he says, a human-shaped shadow. Before, when he was in human guise, his shadow was demonic. And his power is in the earth. <laughs> All right, Alex. I'm going to say that uh, if I hit the, sh the shadow with the sword, it'll kill him. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. So, I think it's going to um, stab deep into the heart of his darkness or something. <laughs> Uh, he does indeed uh, stab the shadow with his sword at full strength, and the uh, body of the demon, as it says, the demonic form dissolves. Argoth uses the last of his breath to curse me. I didn't want it to end this way. I wanted to know why demon, demon Conquest sent a Keiko demon to slaughter Andrew Markham. Feel no pity for Markham, but anyway. So then uh, we see Peter, the son. It's like, you killed my father. And uh, Justice isn't uh, quite sure what to do with him at first. But he's like, he says, you know, he's not completely gone. So he tells Peter that it was his own fault for um, uh, dealing with these drugs. And whoever that uh, had supplied him with them had uh, ordered this killing. Um Peter, I didn't, who I didn't realize in the uh, first panel on this page, has a gun in his hand because the coloring is too dark. Yes. Um, probably probably the 
and original panel you could see it but um peter feels bad and uh drops the gun so justice is like well okay i guess i can do something with this guy and uh he also judges himself harder than i will so the end i'm sure the knowledge that he contributed to the death of his father will help him turn around and find the path of life right you know, I was I was thinking uh, of uh, Zerko or Zinko. Remember from the um, Sarah follow up issue? Oh right, yeah. Like okay. where we were like, well, this guy will help uh, Justice uh, solve the crime and maybe be on a road to redemption. <laughs> he didn't last very long at all, actually. No, that was probably for the best. Don't know what you're gonna do there. Um, we have a nice uh, house ad for DP7 um, on that page. Did we already... Was that yeah, in we talked about also? that one last time. <laughs> okay. Um, that is issue 13 of Justice. No letters column, but um, there we have it. Yeah. Uh, thoughts? Um, I mean, my head, it, it kind of felt like a fill-in. Like there was a little bit of story advancement, but only a little. And, you know, I guess what we've learned really is that, um, you know, Conquest is kind of back in the United States and kind of back where he started, I guess. Really, it's almost like issue one where he's here with some kind of scheme around, you know, L.A., drugs, politics, right, evil corporate business kind of stuff. So they're kind of he's kind of back to whatever the original plan was, perhaps. Um, but yeah, yeah. but we don't really know what that plan is. And, you know, new guy shows up, new guy gets killed. It's kind of like that cartoon episode where, you know, the new big bad comes in and roughs them up in the first act. And then they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? And then, you know, all of a sudden gets killed when he figures out he can just zap the ground in front of him. But. It was a little different from that, but it felt a lot like that. Yeah, it reminded me of like a uh, an old uh, like Hercules movie where he's fighting a guy, and and like at some point he realizes, oh, the ground is his source of strength, so he just like throws him in the ocean or something. Right. <laughs> you have to like, you know, it's like okay, that's a pretty straightforward, you know, um, way around whatever the problem is um you're right though yeah i hadn't really thought too much about how this was really puts damon back to where he was doing what he did when we first saw him in issue four or five um except he's not in his own building of if that yacht had been called conquest dynamics though that would have really been oh that would have been perfect (laughs) in my head i'm suspicious of the mustache guy reggie the owner of razzle um but then like if he was bad justice would kind of know right like if he had any like he he figured the lawyer lady like right on that she had the stench of dad and damon and whatnot um and if she had a bad aura or if reggie had a bad aura he would have been able to figure that out so i guess he's just like a strangely benevolent nightclub owner who just saw something in trace (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the backstory is there, but um, it, it's suspicious to me, too, that you would not just, like, give Justice a job, but, like, a free place to stay that's, like, 
ridiculously nice. Um, yeah, maybe there was some... Uh... I mean, Justice does, like, attract people like Arnie and the people who are like, you know, I like this guy, you know. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there were some unwritten bedroom expectations in that offer of house or something. I don't know. <laughs> 80s, there's a lot of cocaine around. <laughs> uh, that's also possible, but um, uh, we'll we'll see. I don't know. It'd be interesting if if uh, where this is going. To me, this seemed more like like the kind of um, setup that I was imagining before with um you know like where where what's like a good baseline for justice is like him trying to um you know, do that like start at the ground level push people around until he can kind of work his way up the drug ladder or something um him as sort of a cop uh private you know investigation um that's good. I think uh, Los Angeles is good. I mean, getting people out of New York, I definitely uh, want to see that. Um, right. I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd call it fill-in because it feels like, yeah, like, like a new status quo that I was kind of expecting where it's like justice fighting Damon on Earth and the far side is kind of written off, you know, like, well, I'm not getting back there anytime soon. And I've got to just focus on the fight here. Mm. And, you know, what I mean? So a little bit of like a, a Voltron kind of set up where they, the spaceship is sending down some new demon each time. Maybe they right, catch yeah. it unawares this time. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. I was thinking like Angel, you know, that was a where he's yeah yeah there's some new demon that uh they've they've conjured up this week or there's some new weird drug or something it's a little like flatter than that i don't know why exactly than i expected but i don't know it's it's a reasonable approach i'm kind of wondering if this is like the code name spitfire for justice you know sort Mm. of a transitional you know, oh, we've got a new direction, and they'll like, you know, we'll we'll come back with a new new direction in in a little bit too. You know, yeah. Other than the nightclub angle, there's not really any major difference between this and like the last regular issue, though, where where you know you just came up against some criminals kind of thing. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's a it does make sense for him to kind of develop a new like alternative, um, you know, uh, persona, but you know, a fake identity because having him sort of a homeless guy (laughs) is kind of, kind of a a downer. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know, like how, uh, how he he's like there for the long haul if he's just kind of skulking in alleys all the time you know but i think he should have apprenticed under Artie to learn to drive the cab and then they could run a cab service and then you know you're driving around at night you know dark city you come across crime and ladies in trouble and that kind of stuff yeah there you go that's a good one too or he could work at razzle and call himself trace 
you know, one of the two. <laughs> I mean, he's not taking advantage of it. He's surrounded by beautiful girls and I don't know, I guess money and weirdos from Hollywood and stuff. He's like, yeah, have you guys seen any like demon wizards from the far side? No? Okay. <laughs> it was like moving no, on. The early issues where he's like, I need 10,000 of your bucks. <laughs> How many <laughs> bucks can you give me? <laughs> That's right. He, he did have a good nest egg at one point, but I don't know. Uh, it's, this is a more innocent time, sort of. Whatever happened too, to that drugged out lady who they just knocked in the pool? Was that the end of her? <laughs> it's like... I don't know. If he had to kill the first one, I, I mean, I assume that like she was at least um conscious good question actually we never saw her again she's just like splooshed in the pool i mean nobody's gonna be the one nobody's gonna want to be the guy who uh fishes the knife wielding lady out of the swimming pool so just looking at that panel actually he could have just held this the shield down over the top of the pool to keep her underwater (laughs) but uh i don't know yeah, she, he got distracted by uh, Maximus Argoth, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The the It's a good uh, sort of villain, but um, some of the description of him is like, you know, that it's like looking at Cthulhu or something. I, insanity crawls at me. It was like, okay, he's not that weird looking. but okay. Yeah, that part seemed a little overstated. <laughs> So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It's somewhere B to B plus on for on this one for me. I'm happy with it, but not like ecstatic with it. Yeah, I was so, trending. Okay, I was trending more B to B minus. Like again, it was fine, but maybe my expectations yeah. were high. I don't know. I would. Uh, yeah, my my. Well, what I'd like to see is is. Yeah, kind of hard to put into words so mm, no well let's see uh should we take a break and come back with some dps that sounds like a plan to me Welcome back to the podcast here for issue 13 of DP7. And I'm happy to say this cover continues our streak of people in hospital beds on life support. (laughs) (laughs) So we had Cyforce, there was like the Russian guy's wife, right, who tried to get Stasi to to bring back to life. We had Mark Hazard, who didn't make it, right? I forget what the one was before that, but... It's a long series of hospital beds and unconscious people with DP7 annual. Oh, right. The annual. Yeah. The witness himself. Yeah. So it's come full circle. It has. <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, DP7 number 13. This is the November issue on the cover, but came out August 11th, 87. So uh, 
around the same time as Justice did. And um, yeah, so the recap will be in the book, but in the cover, uh, it's another kind of action-packed one. So with Justice, we have this big demon springing forth, looking to crush our buddy Trace, who works at Razzle. Whereas here, we've got uh, Dave Lander's Mastodon, like charging forth with a whole bunch of antibodies, (laughs) like trying to hold him back. And he's going after Hackbarth. Uh, the DP7 character who could control like physiology and like he was kind of like a real jerk and a foil to our paranormals. Uh, so yeah, uh, and we even have some nice title words here. It says, if the antibodies can't stop Mastodon, there will be a killing at the clinic. Which All right. Not mean that he's going to clean up and gambling or something. He's like, I made a killing at the clinic. <laughs> Also, hey, uh, maybe the IV bag has urine in it. I don't know. Coloring. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't uh, sure this was Hathbarth. I mean, he's kind of in profile and lying down. But, you know, in terms of story, that that was what immediately occurred to me. And yeah. So. Yeah. And Hathbarth kind of accidentally got zapped by. Um, what's his name? Shoot. Uh, Charn, Dexter Charn, as he was trying to kill Stephanie a while back. Uh, while, when we're going to miss Hackbarth, because in that issue a little ways back, um, he was just unleashing zinger after zinger. Like Hackbarth was was killing it with the comedy. But anyway, <laughs> he's, he's a uh, biting wit. Yes. Um, hopefully, hopefully he doesn't get killed in this issue because he. I think there's still some fun to be had with the character. We were all like, uh, um, yeah, laughing at uh, his lines. But uh, if there was anyone at the clinic who was deserving of a big beating and uh, everything, we were saying like, um, like no one felt bad about Hackbarth being fried. Like, yeah, no. Charn and uh, Speck seemed a little bad, like sad about uh, Stephanie getting uh, zapped, but. <laughs> well, we'll see uh, in this issue if anybody jumps over the over Hackbarth in the most hated clinician list. <laughs> mm. Well, anyway, um, so open up the book. I've got our splash page, as always, written by Mark Druenwald. Uh, no uh, guest writer here. Uh, Paul Ryan, penciler, Danny Bulanotti as inker. So we've got our, a pretty usual squad here. And... Uh, the title of this book is New Management, uh, as you can imagine. So we're talking about the clinic because we've overthrown their leader. And the splash page is uh, five antibodies coming back into Randy. That's his ability to like have these semi-controllable astral ghost buddies. And they all kind of fly back into him. And we found that he was out scouting. So there there is a recap in this issue but it kind of makes sense to kind of do it first uh, last issue uh, dave landers mastodon big huge muscle bound guy he's got psychic protection he made it back to the clinic and him and randy took on philip nolan voigt and won uh, even though he had kind of stolen the antibody power in, in an even stronger form um, but he died in kind of a weird way so they weren't exactly sure what happened to him. So I guess then we're picking up now, like minutes after that, where Randy had been sending 
his antibodies out to the clinic just to see like did he teleport is he gone like what happened here we don't really know um but they don't find anything um so they're left with stephanie unconscious in the same room um so no sign of void um so maybe this dis- did disintegrate like it looked maybe we did rid this place of the madman in charge um but dave basically picks up stephanie and he's ready to go he's like it's like, what are you doing? He's like, what does it look like? I'm grabbing Steffies. We can split. The other four of this group may not want to go, but <laughs> um, so they end up having kind of a long conversation. It's like, whoa. Uh, and it's kind of cool because Randy is sitting down like he had been in the hospital bed forever. And so his muscles have atrophied, like he's not ready to roll. But so instead of his arms giving emphasis, the antibody arms are like sticking out of his chest and like making all the gestures <laughs> for him, like the wag the finger kind of thing. I'm like, no, 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 I can't walk. Stephanie needs professional care. We don't have any money for food. We don't have your RV anymore. I mean, I'm extrapolating a little bit, but um yeah, it's like, what are you saying? We can't leave, you know, we gotta figure he out. He does he does look a bit like like you know, like the uh, Indian um, religious statues where they have like six arms and they're all sort of oh, um, right, right. making different gestures. I think uh, Spiral and the X-Men was also like that. But mm-hmm. it's a cool look if you can do it. But most artists don't want to have like, you know, it's hard enough doing hands and then you have an extra like five in this case. It's like, <laughs> so good work. Yeah. And, and there's some solid large man feet with actual toes. So take that Liefeld. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so he's, Randy's basically on the side of like, okay, well, maybe we can stay in the clinic, weed out the creeps. Uh, maybe we can actually get this thing running the way it was supposed to, to help paranormals adjust. And just then Dr. Semple busts in and she was an older woman who is kind of like their group therapist at the time. Um, and as far as we know, not necessarily a bad guy, um, but she busts in with like classic orderly kind of guys in their white suits, um, but without the tranquilizer guns and, uh, Dave Landers is kind of on a tear though. He's like, you know, we're not talking to you doctor, unless you tell your boy scouts to take a hike. (laughs) Um, and she kind of does. So she clears out security and they have kind of like a little conversation, um, which, culminates in um, randy extending out his antibody so he can transfer the memories of what happened to void to dr simple um which i guess they can do yeah i was like is that how that works i mean the antibodies you know when, when what they see is what they're recording but they were fighting him so yeah i guess that makes sense yeah, I, w- I wasn't sure if it's stored, you know, like every the new. Yeah, when it goes back, back into him. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a good question. Yeah, I thought you press record like as soon as it pops out. But I don't know. Um, but yeah, so she gets the recap basically that I gave uh, where they, they took out uh, Overshadow, uh, Philip Voigt, uh, and his weird ending where like the overshadow antibody of the bad guy like grabbed the real philip voigt stuck it inside of itself like in a reverse of how the power is supposed to work and then with a big super punch from landers the whole whole thing just went poof so maybe we'll see something 
Some more information about that again, maybe not. Well, he's at least as dead as the old man in Starbrand. I mean, that guy got thrown up into space, so <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Rumble, rumble. <laughs> old man. Seems like it's been a long time since we've touched on that story. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so you know, it, it comes down to uh, Dave Mastodon saying, yeah, you know, we're not sure what happened. Slimeball's gone now. That much we know. Looks like the clinic is going to have to get a new director or else shut down. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's he's just Pat. He's angry. Dave, you you don't think a government agency actually needs a director, do you? This place will just go on bureaucratic inertia for years. <laughs> yeah. We're out here in Wisconsin. No one from DC is even going to check on us for for like six months. Just you know, do whatever you want. Really, <laughs> that's probably fair, unless somebody <laughs> new gets appointed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they they kind of go over. Uh, you know, uh, Dave's talking about how poorly they've been treated, and uh, Doctor Sample didn't necessarily know all of that stuff. Uh, but they're trying to figure out what to do with the clinic. And then as she leaves, um, Dave and Randy are like, is she on the level? It's like, oh, she seems like it. At any rate, I don't think we're in immediate danger. Um, and, you know, Dave is probably hopped up, you know, one, because of all the trouble the clinic has put him through. Like he's been hunted even more than the others. But also, like, he's got the hots for Stephanie real bad. And she's in a coma when he, when he comes back to rescue her. So uh, a little extra angry. And um, let me uh, just throw out a couple of things here. Um, he, Dave mentions that um, Void has put them through all this through the last nine months. So that's, you know, a, a, like a timeline either of a little longer for um, in terms of like the 13th issue, but um to them nine months either since they escaped or since they got there in the first place i'm not quite sure which right i don't know how many months that puts us total is, is that are we even or or not quite still um simple was uh referred to fairly early even when they just first broke out of the clinic as like well do you think everyone there is bad because like dr sample seemed okay and stuff so um, that's been a question I've had for a long time. And then last issue, I was like, um, I think she points out that like, um, why does, you know, Voight looks like her when they go into that room in the last issue. So like, could Voight fake himself as her maybe, but they don't see that happening now. So maybe that's not something they need to worry about at the moment. Yeah. And, um, Overall, I would say whatever else is going on, she mostly seems uh, uh, upset with Voight for his master race delusions. <laughs> Just like, well, okay. Someone's very... Uh, you start talking about how paranormals are going to inherit the Earth, and suddenly everyone's like, well, I know where this is heading. It's getting a little magneto on everybody here. Yeah, so, already. All right, so we get a little cut back to, or a cut to uh, uh, Charn and Speck. So Tracy Speck, who has been kind of spying through their eyes all along, and Dexter Charn, who has sort of weirder abilities that are a little trickier to define, but he can mess with people's heads to some degree. Um, right. They're kind of waking up, 
uh, trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and, you know, they've been kind of uh, out of it since last issue. Um, but as they're kind of walking and kind of gathering themselves, like the door slams off the hinges. So it's basically just it's knocked off the hinges. Um, and Landers comes in, he says, if it isn't Speck and Charn, two of my least favorite brainwashers, I've got a question for you two. And if you don't answer me straight, or if you don't give me a straight answer, I will kill you. You got that? So, okay. It's a little, you know, where's the woodsman when we need him to calm this guy down? Um, it's like, you first, Charn. What did you people do to Stephanie Harrington? Like, oh, I'd uh, go ask Voight. Like, he's dead. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he basically just picks Charn up, kind of slams him against the wall. Uh, Charn says it was Hackbarth. Uh, we couldn't keep her under control. He kind of gives the the real story to a degree. Um, he said Hackbarth was trying to kill her. I tried to protect her. Uh, reflected Hackbarth's power back at him, but I wasn't quite fast enough. They both suffered brain trauma, which sounds about right, I think. Um, and he says, where's Hackbarth now? He's like down there. Uh, poor little uh, Tracy Speck is kind of like a little tiny little woman there, like banging on his <laughs> back like a little kid. Like, he's <laughs> like, stop. He's telling the truth. Uh, Mastodon's huge, though. So he just he throws uh, Charn out of the way. He's like, if you're lying, I'd spend the next couple minutes making out a will. It's like, oh, it's very considerate of him to him. think of his next of kin. Uh <laughs> Tracy's like, why didn't you hit, let him have it with your powers? Like, uh, I was too rattled. I couldn't concentrate. Um, and funny, they're, they're still like not sure that he's like uh, his head is what like knocked them out a few hours ago. Right. Yeah. Trying to kind of get in there. Um, and they get interrupted by like the, the PA system. It's like, where are the security guards? Let's go check. And it's like, attention all department heads. Please report to Voight's office at once. <laughs> um, but so I guess they do. But in the meantime, uh, Dave has found where Hackbarth's bed is. So this is kind of coming back to where we were on the cover. Uh, it's like, yeah, it looks like that twerp wasn't lying. Hackbarth is here. And Randy's there in his wheelchair. And since it looks even worse shape, he looks in even worse shape than Stephanie. <laughs> um and Lander says, what a pity. You get your jollies trying to give Steffi a stroke, Hackbarth. I'll bet you did. He smells him. He says, your room reeks. Don't they ever bathe people in comas? How can you stand to breathe around here, Hackbarth? Is he given a stand-up routine here? Um, <laughs> Let me do you a favor, pal. Let me hold your breath so you don't have to smell yourself. Would you like that? And he puts his giant hand over his mouth like he's going to crush his head or at the very least suffocate him. Um, Randy, of course, the more level-headed one's like, "What do you think you're doing? Putting this creep, putting a creep out of his misery." And Randy replies, "No, you can't kill him, no matter what he's done. Besides, we only have Charn's word that he was the one that hurt him. But you know, Landers is on a tear. He's like, and he doesn't really care. He's like, you remember what he did to us? And he's just got his hand over his mouth until the three antibodies that have been." Uh, alongside Randy jump in and here I think we're exactly on the cover like they all kind of grab him um, but it doesn't necessarily go well for them so we get uh, a couple panels of the punching 
Uh, so they have, there's three of them on landers. He throws one off, like knocks over the IV and kind of pounds one up against the wall where he's got the other in like kind of a half headlock and he's like kind of having fun. It's like, I can stand to blow off a little steam. Your boomer boys make great punching bags, Randy. Boomer boys? What? <laughs> I have no idea what he's going for there. But... It's like when you're in the heat of the moment and you say the wrong thing. It's like... <laughs> uh, I did like his next line, though. Um... Okay, bozos. <laughs> Fun's fun. If you don't get out of my way right now, your host's going to be eating antibody stew tonight. Antibody stew. I like that. Yeah. Again, it's not the greatest, but one-liner but it's uh cute I think. sounds like something the conspiracy theorists would call the covid vaccine or something you know? he's he's not the uh he's not the hack barth of uh the book so you know it's okay if all the i don't know what when he was fighting voight last time he um what do he, he had like some lines that were so uh corny it was uh, maybe he practiced him on voight and he's getting a little bit better you're gonna be leading all you're gonna be leading is the local chapter of Buttheads Anonymous. There we go. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Just uh, that's a bit weak. Well, he called them bozos too. He's just he's not a not as tough, tough guy in his heart as he is in his body, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so but anyway, Randy kind of cools him down and kind of talks him out of it. Uh, he's like, he's already in a coma, you know, Stephanie has recuperative powers and um landers walks out with a point in the finger i'll lay off him for now but if i do learn he's to blame for steffi's condition a hundred antibodies won't keep me from pulling the plug on him and then we'll get another death scene but (laughs) you get like a scene of uh randy with like a hundred antibodies pouring out of him oh yeah here come at me dave come at me (laughs) um yeah, it seems like actually like the cover has um, Dave ready to kill someone. And I think we're up to like him threatening to kill three or four people already in this book. So. Hmm. Maybe we need the landers threatening to kill count or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's a little soft, I guess. But we'll see if there's any killing to be done. Um, so we get a meanwhile in Dr. Voigt's office uh, where I guess all of the heads, uh, the department heads of this large clinic are all kind of brought together and we got a Mr. Upham, uh, who's the mustachioed security chief, I guess. Um, Maybe. As that goes. Um, there's a whole squad yeah. of people. Yeah. The, the, there's like a couple of them that are, uh, seem to be security chiefs because, um, but this one, yeah, is, is shows up later as security head or head or something. So let's assume so. Yeah. Then there's a like the Voight secretary, and Charn and Beck or, and Speck are there, and then there's a number that I don't recognize from previous. Yeah, some other sort of background folks. Um, so yeah, the Doctor Semple's kind of leading it, uh, talking about who should be the next interim director. Uh, see, she suggests the lowly finance guy. Um, but then uh, Charn's there and he pipes in. And he's like, with all dude, and this is like his best speech to convince these people that he's the one here. And it's like, with all due respect, I would be more appropriate. First, I'm paranormal myself. I'm uniquely qualified to understand our patients' problems. 
Okay, all right. Leading strong there. Second, I've worked more closely with Dr. Voigt than any of you. Like, okay, the guy who was maybe a psychopath. All right, weakening here. I feel I can provide a place of provide the place of continuity of vision. Uh says third, I'm instrumental to certain important therapies here. It is in the clinic's best interest to keep me as happy as possible. Like, okay, you're really not winning people over here, guy. <laughs> And so she sets him up. Tracy's over here. You tell them, Dexter. Yeah. Tracy, Tracy, who's been perhaps mind manipulated to like him in the first place. Um, She's the only one. Uh, Semple kind of sets him up. So what is this continuity of vision? He says, well, I feel like paranormals are here to stay. And if they're not helped to master their abilities, mankind will begin to hate and fear them once the public realizes we exist. And she's she's like, you wouldn't change anything? It's like, no, nothing, other than what's necessary. Uh, And they say, all in favor of Craig LeGraves as interim director. And like everybody raises their hand except for like two. Uh, So maybe not the best speech. I think he probably lost them at it's in the clinic's clinic's best interest to keep me happy. (laughs) uh, Yeah, it was a very um, poor... um, or speech basically and uh not not very compelling and his sense of vision was like we'll just keep, keep spying on people and brainwashing them oh, okay um, <laughs> yeah spec likes him and uh i guess that's that's all yeah she's what happened why didn't you use your power to convince more of them he's like ah, it was too fast and so he's, he's not used to working under pressure i guess um so yeah, by the way, we got a uh, like an antibody watching them talk there at the top of that page, and um, I don't know if you noticed there was an antibody on the previous page where there were, where Dexter's uh, starting to make his case. It's oh like hiding yeah, behind yeah. a sculpture there. Yeah, I think I missed that. Yeah, it's like a fun little Where's Waldo kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, like they're like Randy told them to keep an eye on out for trouble. And so they're sticking pretty close to churn and spec. It looks like <laughs> nice. So, so yeah, you know, we'll just have to, so he, he uh, churn doesn't seem done. He's like, you know, things, things haven't gone my way yet. I'll just have to handle everyone. One person at a time. Hmm. What could that mean? Um, we cut to the gym where we finally get to see the rest of DP seven, albeit briefly, uh, doing some workouts and uh, Dave Landers kind of wheels Randy in and his Ohio state t-shirt. Um, and like, and so we get a minute of like an angry physical therapy guy who's mad that they're being interrupted. Uh, a brief cameo from two of the kickers Inc guys. And well, yeah, there's a guy who looks just like Mr. Magnificent. It's big white hair burly dude and like brick wall is the other guy doesn't quite look like brick wall but it's a really really buff black guy um so it's maybe yeah there's like these three very built up dudes and i it we don't see like them doing a power but they are definitely guys who spend a lot of time at the gym lifting weights yes um so yeah, the Landers kind of shows off by like doing curls with a 300 pound squat bench weight kind of thing. Um, but, you know, ultimately, yeah, they have a little bit of a conversation about staying or leaving. Um, 
and you know kind of give them a little bit of give the rest of the crew a little bit of what's going on uh kind of wondering uh you know where to go from here really um we cut to dr simple's office uh where she tells dave that the financial guy's in charge and dave is still suspicious like how do we know this guy's not any just as evil as voice it's like oh it's just a finance guy i don't know (laughs) evil Uh, finance Uh, is there any other kind (laughs) probably not probably not um yes like i'm I'm very familiar with him. And I was like, you probably said that about Voight too. It's like, geez, it's like, we're not asking you to, and Randy's trying to be the voice of reason. It's like, we're not asking you to test to see if everyone's crazy. We're not. It's like, <laughs> we just want to have powers. I don't know. Do something. Yeah. So Randy's like, why is everybody people. locked in their room? Right? Why is there spy cameras everywhere? You know, what is this brainwashing stuff that they keep giving everybody? Like we, if we can cut out the illegal stuff, like maybe we can have a decent clinic. There's a nice line where he's like, uh, "Paranormals can hire can hire lawyers too," you know, just true, I suppose. Yeah. So up until this point, everybody in the clinic's been pretty happy, except for them, uh, happily brainwashed, perhaps as far as that goes. Um, but yeah. So Semples and Randy seem to be kind of the voice of reason. She's making promises to his demands. He's talking again about maybe working there in a medical capacity. Um, Landers is still not convinced. And then later, as Doctor Semples walking uh, uh, somewhere else in the building, she runs into Charn coming out of the finance guy's room, and then he's surprised by her. Is like, oh wait. Yeah, don't just stand there. LaGrace has had a stroke. That's not suspicious at all. (laughs) Um, Uh, And then, oh, yeah, go ahead. uh, This just went from like, you know, zero to 60 in like one page. You know, it's like, I'm going to just like slowly start mind controlling people or give them a stroke. You know, that'll work too, you know. Surely they'll vote for me now that this guy has been stroked out for under completely normal circumstances. Um, <laughs> stroked out and then lying to the head of security that it was Dr. Semple who was in the office in the first place. Um, of course, this place has, does have a lot of security cameras. Um, but yeah, he's like, he kind of splits the stories as if he caught her having done something suspicious. So she runs off, you know, wondering who to get help from and goes to Randy's room where the antibodies are unpacking all of his stuff into his room, which is kind of funny. Um, and she's like, LaGraves has just gone into a coma, just like Stephanie and Hackbarth. I caught Charn coming out. Uh, she's like, do you think? Yeah. And he's convincing the rest of the staff that I had something to do with it. Um and she's like, it's because of his ambition. Charn is an old colleague of Voight's. He made a bid for the clinic directorship, but he lost out. You can only imagine that he went in there to use his mental uh, parability. Okay. It's <laughs> an interesting word to convince Craig to resign. And he lost control, pushing him too hard, giving him psychic trauma. And to cover his tracks, he's pushing the suspicion on me. And, you know, people are going to think I'm in some way responsible. And if I try to resist, he'll put me in a coma too. Everybody's going to be in a coma. The coma bills are going to be through the roof. What's everyone in this clinic for? I don't know. They all have comas for some reason. No one quite knows what happened there. But, and, hmm. 
Yeah, so dilemma again. Uh, and of course, um, Landers is, sounds to me like the only real option we have is killing the sick buzzard. <laughs> trying to kill everybody. <laughs> it's like so bloodthirsty in this issue. It's, uh, oh. it's surprising and kind of hilarious and yet uh, fairly in character. I don't know. Yeah. He's been Stephanie's in trouble. People going to get killed. There's yeah, like heavy metal albums. The title was "Killing Is My Business" and "Business Is Good." <laughs> like this is Dave Landers' mindset at this point. <laughs> uh, Randy's. It's got to be another alternative. It's got to be. You can't just kill people, no matter what they might they have done or might do. If it's kill or be killed, you can, pal. <laughs> that little twerp must have lied to me when I when he said I was the. You know, when he said he wasn't the one who harmed Stephanie, I owe him for that. Don't worry, Dr. Semple. I'll make sure he doesn't hurt you or anyone else ever again. I'm not afraid of him. I think I'm immune to his para whatever. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> Killing time. Um, we cut to poor Charn Inspector in the surveillance room, uh, but they missed the conversation and she, and she can't spy on them properly. Uh, her powers never worked well on Randy because of the antibody. And it doesn't work well on Dave Landers because of the ES people. Mm. And uh, they're made out of people. They are delicious. Um, so Charn's like, you better leave, Tracy. What I'll have to do to him might be messy. You might get hurt. She says, no, Dex, we're in this together. And she kisses him. Bad move. And yet, yet another door falls to Landers. <laughs> I love that he's just walking into rooms by like kicking the door off the hinges. Uh, the big wham is Dexter Charn. I thought I'd find you in here in your peeping Tom gallery. I told you last time if I found out you lied to me, there'd be the devil to pay. Well, here comes the devil. <laughs> um, Charn's kind of talking about it a little bit. I was like, I told you the truth, it was Hackbarth. And he's like, You blaming him for the graves coma, too? Um, so you get a little bit, uh, you can kind of see like a psychic projection from Charn, but it doesn't work. Um, in his head he's like my power he's totally resisting i've got no choice and he pulls out a gun and unloads three shots straight into dave lander's chest so ooh, is this the killing in the clinic from the cover what <laughs> not looking too good and follow that up he says ha thought i wasn't prepared for you huh as like lander's is like crippled over kind of on his knees and he pulls the gun straight to the top of uh, Dave's head is like you dumb animal kiss your life goodbye uh, but just as he cocks back the trigger like, there's a click which made me think it was empty but I think that was just like getting ready to fire um, but just as he's about to an antibody and, and his crew of uh, there's three of them bursts out of the ground and kind of like uppercuts him and knocks the gun away so um, not he didn't finish off Landers um Charn starts shooting uh shooting doesn't do too much to the antibodies as the hunters could have told him uh but a bullet does go straight through one and shoots poor Tracy's back right in the neck <laughs> so what and just when you start to maybe feel a little bad for these guys uh Charn's like Tracy oh god I told that stupid sow <laughs> it's like okay you're a jerk Charn <laughs> He, he makes a run for it, but then an antibody blocks the path. 
Uh, so he's trying to push past the guy, like fighting and struggling. And uh, Landers is getting up. Um, he's not bleeding from the holes in his shirt. Uh, perhaps the man is bulletproof. Uh, he kind of grunts, gets up. Uh, Charn's kind of fighting, beating against the antibody. He just can't get away. Uh, but Landers picks him up, rears his fist back. It's like, this is for Stephanie. And again interrupted before Landers can throw the punch that would maybe send the guy's head tumbling off of his shoulders. An antibody, two arms, come straight out of Landers' chest, grab Charn by the neck and break it. <laughs> so, oh, okay. <laughs> surprise, surprise, surprise. Landers not dead. Tracy Speck shot in the throat. Uh, antibodies killing Charn. Okay. Quite a bit of action here. Wow, yeah. Page 22. <laughs> That's quite the scene. So, yeah, the thing kind of like pops out of Landers like, what the? And this dead guy laying on the floor and they fly off. And it's like, another instant, I would have been the murderer, not one of Randy's brood. Which they've been crawling at this issue. So it's funny how Charn's death doesn't do a thing to bring Stephanie back to me. It's like, oh, there's there's the, reg- the post-murder regret. Don't waste too much time feeling bad about Charn, or Charn I guess. But oh, geez. Spec, I feel, I feel she's, I don't know. It's hard to say if she was manipulated completely or not. So, yeah. That's... It was that time where she was trying to quit and they kind of all brainwashed her back into staying kind of thing. So she's a little bit uh, sympathetic, but doesn't matter much now, I suppose. Because she did. Uh, yeah, so we get a, a nice shot of... Uh, Dave kind of like holding his shirt open and there's a doctor saying, incre- thinking, incredible, the bullets flattened and embedded in the outer layers of his muscle without penetrating. Uh, so he's like pulling the slugs out of uh, Dave Landers' chest. So I guess he's stronger than we thought, maybe. Um, he says, anyway, I was going to kill him, but didn't. One of the antibodies did. I guess that's going to be pretty hard to prove with no witnesses, huh? Hmm. Jury of my peers, find me uh, twelve other paranormals and uh, blah blah blah. I don't know. <laughs> See, I don't know what they're doing. Are, are they calling the police? Are they just? Do they have a morgue here and they just hide the bodies? Like, well, the the secretary, I think, is like, well, how in the world are we going to keep the police from blowing the lid off this place? So I guess they'll have to tell someone something but yeah all these medical guys would be like telling their wives what happened today it's like ah two dead people today (laughs) what's going on in there that's crazy Uh, so so we end on a little bit of randy thinking to himself uh one of my antibodies killed a man i can't believe it i sent them to stop dave from killing they did uh still as soon as the antibody in question reunites with me and I gain its memories, I'll know the truth. And if my energy self did kill Charn, does that make me the real murderer? <gasps> the end. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. Doesn't that? They, they, they kind of have a mind of their own to a degree. Yeah. But they were I also mean, following his orders. Like if you have a dog that gets out and kills someone, I guess you're kind of responsible i don't know mm-hmm. um you could also make a point that it's um self-defense for sort of i don't know they get pretty fu- fuzzy about this sort of thing 
Um, I don't know. I feel like like we were talked a while back, like if they did get back to the clinic, how they had to overcome um Charn and, and Speck, whose powers were you know, either brainwashing people or keeping you know, finding out where they were so the hunters could go get them or something. And so they either needed to get them on their side or kill them eventually if they wanted to. Um, yeah so there we go yeah as of this point like the original three bad guys right the three clinic workers who kind of had it out for them are all either dead or comatose and then the big bad is gone so maybe this is sort of an end of an arc right like first 13 episodes to the clinic escape all the way back take it over kind of beat the bad guys and then now some new stuff from here which they have not really hinted at yet but i think there's a great hint in the uh solicitation for the next dp7 which we'll get to at some point i think i mean i think there's a a, a, a quote by gruenwald in new new the universe news a month or two back where they ask him about the time um you know not being exactly matching every month or something and he was like, my understanding was that at the end of the first year, a year will have passed. And you will find by the end of the 13th issue that a year has passed or something. So I, as near as, I mean, they internally mentioned this has been nine months. So this isn't like they get, um, well, it's been one year at the end of this issue, but it does feel like, you know, you could go to the next issue and it's been a couple of months later and they've set up this new status quo in the clinic that would make a lot of sense that would you've tied up a lot of loose ends here um yeah void i don't know i would have like expected charn and spec to be like the first bosses and then void the final boss but okay this works well too mm. um <laughs> And so, yeah, if uh, in terms of timing, I think it makes sense that Gruenwald had this arc planned out and, you know, he's sort of back synced up maybe with the other books now, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. Well, there's less of them to sync up, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, let's see. What did we cross over before it was just Kicker's Inc. So. That's just gonna lost in the mist of time now. Yeah, there's no... yeah, yeah. A lot um, of the crossovers were from the now missing books, but yeah, Night Mask was always the best, easiest crosser over. Though we were um, promised in Universe News more crossovers, so we'll hold our uh, hold them to that. Um, so let's see. It's a like I say. Uh, we we'd gotten enough out of uh charn and speck that you know they were definitely not like one-dimensional villains and so this is kind of a rough uh issue in in terms of like losing out on future stories with them as you always say so right. i'm kind of on plussed with that but overall i do like the resolution and the you know how they take over the clinic isn't just like Dave, like shouting at Semple or the, right. the staff, like I'm the king now. It's like 
Dude, you guys but... actually just go over there, take a vote, and think about what you want to do with the clinic. I don't know. Right. They didn't put like Scuzz in charge of security and Lenore <laughs> in charge of finances. And... <laughs> yeah, there you go. I said we're the bosses now. Me, DP7. That's okay. <laughs> um, Temple's interesting. Um, well, Simple's kind of boring, but at least, you know, she, she fits a role as kind of like someone who knows them and kind of a go-between between, between them and yeah. the rest of the clinic, right? Which is They're still hitting. hugely unknown characters and such. So maybe that's kind of why they, it's okay. Although I think I would agree like there's kind of fun stuff you could still do with Charn and Speck. Maybe if they kind of like stuck around behind the scenes and like, uh, really skeptical of these new guys coming back in, but you still have a whole clinic's worth of paranormals and workers and all sorts of stuff to, to throw I mean, at us. If there was something I would have expected, it would be like six months of Charn and Spec sort of, yeah, plotting in the background, you know? Oh, no, we're totally on your side. Dude, you hate Dave too, right, Timothy? You know, like, yeah. you know. <laughs> slowly like you said i can ch change like one person's mind at a time so if you just did that over the next few months you you at some point you'd be like um he'd be able to yeah yeah have them all on his side again or something and it'd be difficult to prove walking out of someone's office when they just had a stroke that's not really too difficult to prove nope. <laughs> so, does not work well under pressure that man i guess that's a good point yeah um so yeah we do have cool new directions hopefully to go to for the dp7s um and i don't know it's yeah maybe it is now the flagship of the of the new universe well star brand is still around though yeah. if they ever get around to releasing one well i think we actually have one coming up quite soon but um well, you can't segue so... into that yet we didn't grade the book Ah, ah, must segue, <laughs> segue. Get um, what's your your thought on the grade? I don't know. To me, it's an A. I guess I don't see. I see no problems. I enjoyed the story. The action was fun. Characters are good. Like DP seven always hovers in the, like the B plus A minus range, but I think when it kicks it into gear and gives you some real story and. Uh, some advancement i get excited so i felt the that death when the the hands came through and like cr crushed charn's neck like that was one of those good good comic reading moments where you're like surprised and excited hmm i was uh, uh taken aback when uh speck bought that bullet um yeah, I yeah okay. I'll give you an a, a there as well. It's uh, it had enough of a resolution and an overall uh, punchline to a lot going on, and uh, moved pretty pretty fast. I mean, a lot going on there. Yeah, I helped it along by skipping a lot of the words, but <laughs> there was a lot of dialogue, uh, talking and kind of explaining what's going on and each moment in the clinic and their voting discussions and all that stuff, but. Well, it wasn't like that uh, Star Wars prequel voting, you know. <laughs> uh, 
a uh, sub-council has decided to uh, put the matter to the full council's vote. And uh, Okay! <laughs> yeah, well, the other movies went like in the opposite direction. Like, let's do zero world building. <laughs> yeah, well. Oh, let's see. Um... Should we so, talk, yeah, talk about what's coming next? Let's hit uh, up the the winners of the new universe uh, oh, right. trivia contest first. Um, right. second lucky second prize winners, um, each of which got a subscription to one new universe title and a jacket. Um, there was Michael Scoggins of Oakland, California, Robert Orr of North Shore, California. Emery Swaggerty of Hugoton, Kansas, David Davis of Haleyville, Alabama, Robert Cosby of Salem, Kentucky, John Sloan Carroll of Rocky Mountain, Virginia, Derek Gordon of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada, Doug Simonton of Katy, Texas, Ben Sanford of Longmeadow, Massachusetts, and Freddie King of Flushing, New York. Maybe I should have just focused on the grand prize winner. But... Yeah, well, give these people their due. I wonder what they, they got. Yeah, they got uh, first prizes, got six month subscriptions to all eight new universe titles. There were eight up to last month. And Marvel jackets. Ooh. John Wolf of Susquehanna, New Jersey. Lim B. Kiam of Singapore. Ooh. Greg Crum of Indian India Atlantic, Florida. And Jeffrey Brace of Red Bank. New Jersey and Dermal Joe Allman of Seymour, Indiana walked off with the grand prize, a 12 month subscription to all eight new universe titles, a Marvel jacket and some original new universe artwork. So if you are out there, Joe Allman and still a new universe fan, um, tell us what you won, where the new, the artwork came from. We'd all like to find out more about that. Come on our podcast. We'll help you become slightly less famous. <laughs> uh, the uh, our sweepstakes. See if you're still up to the challenge. Yeah. Can you duplicate your feet from what low those many years ago? I don't know. Um, <laughs> let's see. Then that was all the the um. They had to say, I guess, in uh, unit Marvel Age, uh, thanks to everyone who entered, and congratulations to all the winners. Wear those jackets proudly. I'm sure they did. That's... It would have been cool if they were new universe jackets, but I guess they probably didn't have any of those made up. Hmm. But we could. We could. We don't even have t-shirts. We're going to get jackets. Thinking big, man. Thinking big. <laughs> uh let's start we'll, we'll stick with the stickers for now but anyway i thought the website logo would almost work as a good t-shirt with the high-fiving uh kickers guys but anyway so yeah i guess that's it for this week uh but next week we continue covering the new universe with star brand number 10 hey hey back. not in annual form um, thank god it, yeah, and Cyforce 14, so back in the Cyforce game. 
Starbrand 10 is uh, Ken Connell begins to doubt the origin of his powers, but the truth may turn out to be more than he expects when he finds himself at the center of an intergalactic war. What? <laughs> Written by Roy and Dan Thomas, penciled by Jeff Isherwood, inked by Art Nichols. Um, the short version, Starbrand faces his greatest challenge in Russia. Uh, which doesn't sound <laughs> anything like an intergalactic war, but or, uh... in Russia, star brands you. I, I, I keep <laughs> doing this. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. The um, the Marvel Age one, we Roy and Roy at least was supposed to take over a while back. He did uh, issue seven. Um, so we were hoping we'd get more from him, but um, but there I remember a thing in Russia, so more than an intergalactic war. So I don't know. Um, I will be also covering Cyforce number fourteen. Stalker may be the newest member of Cyforce, but that doesn't mean the others have accepted him. When Tyrone is kidnapped, Stalker embarks on a solo quest to rescue him. But does Stalker do it to gain the group's trust, or is there another reason? Written by Danny Fingeroth, penciled by Bob Hall, ranked by Al Williamson. And I had to peek ahead, and I did not see uh, write-ups in the next month's Universe News. Hmm. So we will lose those little blurbs. Sad. <laughs> but yeah, in the meantime, kickersinc.com, our website, where you can cannot find t-shirts and jackets but you can find contests uh new universe podcast at gmail.com if you happen to have won the super sleuth sweepstakes and you want to tell us about it um but yeah uh, this has been the voice of the new universe and we'll see you back at the spinner rack don't throw away the duck <laughs> and remember it's your universe idiot <laughs>